Cool. Welcome to episode one, Risk Check Podcast. My name is Perry. I'm Ben. I'm Rashawn. And um, we finally made it, guys. How's it feel? Feels great. This is pilot episode one. You guys ready? Yep. Um, talking. Gotta make it happen now. <laughs> <laughs> so just to give you guys a, a little background, the uh, the Risk Check Podcast, uh, we just started this. This is episode one. Um, it's just a couple of dudes. We're friends. Uh, we started this hashtag on Instagram called Risk Check, where every couple of days or so we we share what we're wearing on our wrist and um you know we just wanted to 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 start a podcast you know basically talking about what we love and and our passion and enthusiasm for for time pieces um what are you guys wearing today start with ben vintage omega all i'm gonna say is that it's an omega because it falls into its (laughs) own category we don't know if it's a seamaster if it's a deville if it's a constellation all we know is has a black enamel dial, original crystal, 10 karat gold cap lugs and bezel. Fine. And it has those shark teeth hour markers, so can't Respect. go wrong there. Yeah, they say Omega doesn't uh, sell watches, they make watches. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to partner with Ben on the vintage tip. I am wearing a 71 cushion case uh, Seiko. You guys brought the big dogs. Uh, this is actually my favorite piece paired with the um, yellow strap. The blue dial just gives it that pop. Um, the coolest factor about it, too, is that you can cipher between English and a Spanish date wheel. Ooh, okay. Japanese watch for <laughs> Spanish days? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. Respect. Um, I am wearing today uh, my beater watch. Uh, G-Shock uh, 2100. I think this is the B the the B3A something like this the Japanese one yeah yeah yeah. this was a Japanese exclusive I think this is coming to U.S. markets though um this is the the digital analog uh with the green dial green dials are hot right now yeah I saw this piece originally on an Instagram post I thought it was a mod Mm -hmm. and then um I realized that this thing was on sale in Japan yeah it looks like a mod because it has a metal case exactly yeah yeah but um this one has really grown on me. I wear this one a lot now. It's like kind of like a, a my weekender, uh, my weekend driver, you could say. Um, but definitely a lot of fun. I might change the strap. I'm looking for like a orange strap. We'll see where it goes. Okay. Um, so boom. Next up, um, some new releases. Um, there's some pieces that have come out recently. Um, I know we, we, we talk about, so we have an Instagram, uh, sort of thread, um, a direct message thread, you know, with all of our watch dudes. And, uh, we're constantly just like sending photos in and and commenting on this stuff. And one of these pieces that came up happened to be the, the new Oris, uh, big crown pro pilot, big date and bronze. You guys know how I feel about bronze watches. A lot of words for that. Yeah. Big crown pro pilot. Big crown pro pilot, big date. Massive respect. Um, retails at twenty two hundred bucks. Not bad. No, not at all. Forty one millimeter. What do you guys think about this piece? They do forty one good. The case is bronze. The case is bronze. Mm-hmm. Polished. That's good. You got that black date, black date wheel. See, that's what I like. A lot of brands don't do black date wheels or colored date wheels in general. Usually white. Yeah. And I personally prefer them in black. I think Oris has been making a lot of noise lately too. Oh, like, definitely. Yeah. Um, 
you know, prior to this year, I didn't really, I wasn't really on them like that. Like I didn't really see myself as like an Aura's customer, but like lately, I think with the release of like the, the Rega Fleet Limited Edition. Yeah, the Rega Fleet's cool. Which is fire. Um, they kind of got my attention. And I have a thing for bronze watches. This one kind of seemed like, I don't know, I think it's kind of smooth. Yeah. I mean, overall, you know, the Aura's brand is amazing. They do beautiful pieces and they all have a great story to them. Even down to, you know, the Carl Brashear. Um, yeah, the Carl Brashear watch is cool. You know, celebrating the uh, the first African-American amputated diver, which Master is- Master wow. diver at that. Um, yeah, it, I mean, that's a story in its own. Um, you know, they do beautiful dials, you know, kind of commemorating the uh, the, the Greenlands in Africa. And they um, did, didn't they do, they did like a Roberto Clemente. Yeah. Like his, that one, that's been right? popping off. Like a lot of people have been talking about that on yeah. social media and a lot of forums too. Mm -hmm. Their philanthropy, their appreciation of nature. They just did a recycled dialed. Um, yeah. They did it in two sizes. Yeah. Two sizes, which is, you know, speaks volumes to, you know, just what Oris is doing and, and really um, putting the humanitarian part of, you know, watch collecting to 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 the test now th this is a brand that's been around for over a hundred years yeah, a long now. time and it seems just like like now they're really really starting to make waves again i think um it's interesting for a brand with as much history as they have that's starting to get it seems like they're starting to 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 attract a lot of young people um I mean, definitely it has our attention. Why do you yep. think that is? Do you think it's definitely just like the collaborative pieces or like the special? I, 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 don't, I think it's collaborative pieces, but also it's been like a revitalization of a lot of brands, but specifically Oris too, because they're just being, I think, more creative than most other brands are right now. Mm. And at their price point is super hard to be. I think that's yeah. the key thing too. Yeah. Like the price points, like if you're looking for like a solid piece for the value, like, yeah. You can't go wrong with an Oris right now. Like even yeah. their dive options, I think, are really kind of fire. Yeah. The price point is like very inclusive for the guy that is trying to build a watch collection. Yeah, this is this could be a great first watch for somebody. Yeah. Maybe your budget's twenty five hundred, three grand tops. There's not a lot out there in like what most people would consider the luxury watch space. Yeah. This is definitely one of them. It's, what do you yeah. what do you what do you guys think the thing is with like bronze right now too? Because it seems like a lot of brands are, are starting to pivot to that as like another metal or material to use in terms of like watchmaking. I think it 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 it's mostly because you know time has like so many layers to it. Um, just as far as how you keep time, what you use to refer to time. Um, owning these timepieces kind of when they patina and they change colors and they build character and their purpose, then they they kind of like take on, you know, a different um, characteristic that it did when you first purchased it um, speaks to the volume. So I think bronze is like that new definition to, um, you know, a watch collector. I think uh, I, th I definitely think you're onto something. I think for me. Um, as someone who who is a fan of of bronze watches, um, as someone who's a fan of of tool watches, and yep. someone who's also passionate about vintage, and I don't really like new stuff. Uh, bronze is super appealing to me in that respect. That 
it does develop a patina. It does get character. You wear it in a, you know, in any way you wear it, 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 it just becomes more and more of your own. Yeah, it changes. And um, I definitely think smart move on behalf of Oris. Uh, I don't own one yet. I could definitely see myself owning one in the future. Um, I like what they're doing. You know, the Pro Pilot, uh, I think, is an incredible series. Um, shout out to them. Um, next, what we have is, you're going to like this. This is, from what I know about you, this is yep. your- <laughs> Grand Seiko. There this you is go. your brand, Grand Seiko. <laughs> so Grand Seiko recently uh, released two new sport models, uh, GMTs, the SBGM. 245 and SBGM 247. Um, regarding both of these models, I think it's, it's pretty obvious which one I like because uh, I am a sucker for a green dial yep. right now. Next two of us. Yeah. Um, and they got the hit of orange. It's perfect contrast. With with Grand Seiko, it just really seems like right now it's like hit after hit after hit. Yeah. Like, especially if you're just a, a, a fan of like beautifully crafted timepieces, things that like you can dress up and dress down. Um, they just keep hitting it on the nail. I think this is a this is an awesome. Yeah, piece. I don't think they've missed with anything in the last year. It doesn't matter quartz, high beat, spring drives, mm -hmm. standard automatic. It just it works in every aspect. Yeah, yeah. The um, I love that they're this year they're really pushing the GMT complication. Yeah. Um, a lot of the pieces that have come out have been GMTs. Um. GMT is definitely one of my favorite complications. I love to travel. You stay on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love to travel. So it's like, you know, for me, just being able to jump from, you know, coast to coast, country to country, and still be able to maintain my, my time at home and, you know, have a respectable time to call my mom. Yeah, I, I think this is like the, like the fifth with these two. It makes maybe five or six GMTs that they've dropped in the last year. Yeah. It's a fire piece. This one is definitely channeling like a Explorer Two vibes yeah. for me too. So there's there's definitely like some like a Rolex influence. Um, I, that's all on the bezel. I feel for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do we feel about Grand Seiko's bracelets though? Meh. They, 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 they're getting they're getting that's, better that's with the, the yeah, they're getting better though yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they are getting because everybody I know with a Grand Seiko, it's like you get one, it's fire, you put on a strap. Yeah. yeah. I'll agree to that. Yeah. For sure. That's I mean, the first thought yeah. I have when I see a Grand Seiko. I'm like, I'm like fuck, yeah. on the strap, this would be really good. Yeah. I mean, and, and definitely to uh, Grand Seiko's credit, um, Ben and I work closely with the brand. Um, you know, they do listen to us as, you know, brand reps or even the consumer. Mm. Um, you know, Grand Seiko is still a baby in the U.S. market. Mm. Um, so they're How trying to find is, a niche. Is, uh, is that line though? Grand like, Seiko? I, we all know Seiko. 1960. Yeah, yeah, so they've been around for yeah, a minute. Grand they've Seiko been... has been independent of Seiko since 1960. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So yeah, they I don't even know operate. Yeah. Two different CEOs, everything is So they're not different. even the same. They're, are they under nope. the same umbrella? Nope. Well, kind of, because it's all Seiko Watch Corporation, but Got it. as far as how they're operated. They're operating independent, sort of like Rolex yeah. and Tudor. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Solely, solely. Yeah, I mean they they entered the uh, the U.S. market back in 2010. 2010. Yeah, they've only yeah. been here for almost because there's years. been a lot of like right like what I'm seeing right now too in like with vintage, um, you have a lot of like the um, there's a lot of Grand Seiko high beats. Yeah, that are coming back. That's what they did in vintage. Really, that's how they were like destroying Swiss watches in the 60s and 70s. The high beats. Yeah, they were entering timing competitions in the 60s and you know, placing like 
second place, third place, second place. And then there's one competition that I can think of. I always forget what the name is, but I know Grand Seiko entered it and it came in second place. It's and wild. the next thing you know, competition's over. It doesn't exist next year. Yeah. When I think Be of um, Grand Seiko, I always look at like, A, the dial, B, the hour markers. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. they just- They're wide. The polishing really is, the polishing is crazy. Yeah. Well, if you notice, none of their watches on the hour markers have loom. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They do that on purpose. Yeah. But they but polish they, them so well, you always catch. Like, they also, like, don't, like, they set them by hand. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They are set by hand. Yeah, yeah. Polished by hand and set. Even the hands, too. And what I like that they do, as opposed to most other brands, is that their hands and dials and even their indices for the hour markers are made out of brass. So you take a brand like Rolex. They make hands and indices out of gold, solid gold. So it's super thin, right? After time, you have to get that service and changed. Yeah. Even like if you have a, if you buy a, any Rolex right now, say you buy a sub right now, six, seven years goes by, you're going to get a service. There's a good chance they're going to change your hands because after moving for so much sure. and that second hand ticking, there's slight, you know, like hair scratches and maybe slight bends in it that you can't really see this under a microscope so they'll swap it because it's not perfect anymore with grand seiko that's not an issue yeah because the hands are heavy yeah it's crazy you know what's funny what uh what ben brought up was the uh the fact of rolex watches ticking yeah um and i think where rolex kind of um you know built their popularity was the simple fact that you know it was the the quote that like rolex watches don't tick which now, if you are, you know, educated in watches, they actually do tick. <laughs> I mean, all, all watches tick. Sure, they, all watches Somehow. do tick. But like- in, They just in, don't tick tock. Yes. Yeah. In, in retrospect, you know, I remember looking at a Rolex watch and, you know, putting it aside, you know, maybe another time piece and seeing how satisfying that sweeping second hand was. And I, I was mean, like, the wow, sweep, so when you see smooth. the sweep, the sweep is fine. Yeah. Yes. Then it was like- when I got into, you know, more niche brands like Grand Seiko and seeing what they did with the spring drive yeah, movement, you know, you put a superlative Rolex mm. next to a spring drive. Yeah, it's moving in slow motion. It's, it's, I mean, there's no comparison. You want to talk about that sweeping That was going to to my, my next point, too, in terms of, like, uh, innovation and what they're doing right now with, with movements. This one, um, they're using the caliber NS66. Um, 72 hour power reserve, yep. you know what I'm saying? 35 jewels. Um, it's a workhorse, obviously. Yeah, it's definitely a workhorse because that's not even, if I'm not mistaken, that's not even a high beat for them. That's a standard automatic. Yeah. Mm hmm. The standard automatic, yeah. It's crazy. They have a new high beat movement with 80 hour power reserve. And but but and what's the standard, the, the standard power reserve for like the uh, the spring drive? Spring like, drive is like, like 50, 50 hours, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Some of them are even more than that. There's some manually wound spring drive that they've done in the past on like really high-end models, like made out of platinum and stuff. Yeah. Five-day pot reserve on the spring drive. Yeah. Man, I think Grand Seiko's a fire. I feel like um, they've had a, an amazing year as a brand. Um, and when I come in, into contact with like, with different people in our community, it's like if I come across someone that has one, like they're in love with. Yeah, it. I feel like Grand it's Seiko like it turns into like an everyday. Yeah, they're piece. super passionate about yeah. the brand, and, and these are like guys Grand that Seiko. have like tutors. Rolex yeah, I feel like everything. Grand Seiko guys too are like also very educated in general on watches. 
And I oh, think straight up I nerds. think that's kind of what does it for them too. For sure. Like for sure. Grand Seiko is like a, a watch nerd's brand. Yeah. Because it's Absolutely. very technical. Or at least like a true a true collector, somebody that does want to build a solid collection. Um, is definitely the one you should have, you know, outside of everything else. We know those yeah. rare watches that, you know, we all you know, aspire to have or do have, but like Grand Seiko definitely is arguably one that has to be in your Yeah, collection. I feel like Grand Seiko has definitely gotten to that point where it's like, if you're gonna start a collection, some watches should be in it, a Grand Seiko should be in it for sure. in the beginning. For sure, I agree 100%. I, I, I personally, I popped off on a, a couple of pieces this year and um, trying to, to fall back a little, they're making it incredibly yeah, tough. Yeah, they make it hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They make it super hard. Um, they're making it incredibly tough because it's like I got the itch again, and then there they are, they are checking all those boxes, man. Um, next, I think in terms of you just you just brought up a great term, Grail watches. Mm -hmm. um, the Yacht Master Forty, chocolate dial, two tone, two tone. Yep. What do you guys think? <laughs> as a grail watch or just in terms of like like this is uh this piece is kind of fire man. No, i mean you know how i fire. feel about brown dials yeah i mean for me too it's like, like i think an alternative to like a root beer like yeah i was gonna say yeah any if you, if you don't want to do the standard and get a root beer then yes yeah. also this is a very different shade of brown than that root beer is that yeah. root beer looks more black I, actually it is black yeah i mean i think uh like rose gold is kind of the it uh choice of like precious metal right now it has been for sure it's you been know, very trendy but i don't think it's a trend i think it'll be you around. think it's here to stay yeah i think it'll yeah be yeah especially sure. with rolex for sure right because it's proprietary no one's gonna match that color no, no none no. of these brands do the same color gold even the yellow golds are slightly you know they vary yeah. but the cool thing with rolex is that if you know anything about me about precious metals that that'll stay that color forever yeah if it's any gold that's not yellow, if it's white gold or rose gold, after a very long time, it'll turn yellow again. Yeah. That won't. That's why they call it Everrose. Yeah. Definitely, I'm all for it. Grail watch for me. Respect. Grail yeah, it seems like the Yachtmaster line has been like the talk of the town in terms of like the lines that Rolex offers. Like I know like where I'm at, um, I mean, I see a Yachtmaster at least once a day. Yeah. yeah, I've seen I've seen it as uh, yeah. I think a lot of people who get them though, kind of get them as alternatives to a root beer, kind of like we were saying earlier. But mm. they end it ends up becoming more than that for them. What do you, where do you think that line falls in terms of Rolex's history right now? Right, like the Samariner's iconic. Yep. Um, Explorer, Explorer Two. Yeah, those are definitely iconic watches. I don't think the Yacht Master is there yet, but I think it should be. I agree. I agree. So it's in the running. Yeah, definitely. Sure. I think the Yacht Master, like, we don't know what they're going to do in the future, mm -hmm. if they come out with more variations or yeah. whatever they decide to do. But I think the Yacht Master is going to be like, I want something like a sub, but I don't want the sub. That's kind of how one. I feel Let about it. Yacht, like, I, I was not a fan of that line until yeah. I saw this piece. Yeah. I always liked it in Oyster Flex. The oy well, yeah. Steel, Ste I yeah. could care less for the oyster flex, the oyster flex is yeah. dope. I love the K size, thirty-seven millimeter. Yeah, that thirty-seven is nice. That thirty-seven is nice. That's the that's the size. Perfect lug to lug. A lot of men are intimidated by watches under thirty-eight. Now. Thirty-six like, to thirty-nine is where I I'm think at. that's a sweet spot for yeah, everybody. That's yeah. ideal. Yeah, I mean, I lean more towards smaller watches for me. So, like, you know, 
the 37 millimeters perfect um i'm starting to find a lot of the uh yacht masters on women as well yeah it's mm -hmm. interesting you said that because that's i think most of the people that i'm seeing with a yacht master i would say out of 10 seven are women yeah probably rocking the platinum yeah yeah that's stealing platinum the stealing platinum is is, is well they made, the, they made that in the smaller size too yeah it's well, there's still yeah. a lot of watch. Oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. That well, they retired. They retired all the other um, smaller cases because the yeah. yacht masters used to come in like really, really small yeah. cases. Mm. Um, I think what was. It I think there was a thirty-four. Yeah, I was gonna maybe. say it was a thirty-four. There's definitely. I think there definitely was a thirty-four. Um, but I, I, I definitely agree. Personally, if yeah. I'm gonna go from with Rolex watch with a brown dial, I don't think that's it for me. I'd go Datejust forty-one the chocolate dial. Sure. I, I just think it's that. a better shade of brown. Fluted bezel. Yacht Master on Oyster Flex is uh, in my top five yeah. for me. And I'm a sucker for anything with red in it. So that red text <laughs> is nice. Yeah. It's a little little callback to, to a 1680 sub, which sure. is my personal favorite reference. All right. Next, um, just keeping in line with things, I think uh, in terms of, of watch culture, um, No Time to Die. Did we all see the movie? I haven't seen it. Yet. I seen oh. the, film. The, film, the film is the film is the film is amazing. Fire. I, I want to go see it yeah, the second time. And yeah. um, I have to say, you know, we're gonna get to the watch in a second. But and I love the watch. You know how I feel about that yes. watch. Yeah. Uh, because I'm a sucker for Omega. Omega is like, Omega is my favorite brand in terms of watches. Uh, but um. I, I didn't know how, how to feel about it because it was associated with the film. And then I went back and I started watching a bunch of Daniel Craig 007 movies. And I was like, nah, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I haven't yeah. seen the new one yet. Yeah, I think it's because it's him. Like, yeah. He's such a good Bond. He really yeah. is. It's not, there's nothing yeah. campy about it. It's not, I'm here to work. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And it feels like a tool. When you see him wear it, it's, yeah. it's a tool. I think, I think um, you know, regarding Omega 007 co-branded watches, this is the best one yeah, that they've ever done. Some of the other ones feel like, like toys. They look like toys. Yeah. Not only is this the best one, I think this is probably one. I think this is the best Seamaster 300 I've ever seen. Them. Really? I think so. I like, I like that it's titanium. Mm -hmm. um, definitely like changes the element. Um, you know, at first I kind of was on the fence about it because I felt like it was too novelty because it was like associated with the film. But then, you know, seeing it in person, trying it on, yeah. handling it. I said, you know what? This is something that I could wear. Yeah, I day. think uh, when I first saw the watch, I kind of fell in love with it again because there's vintage aspects to it. Right. The faux patina. Yeah, faux patina. Even though the watch is titanium, the bezel inserts aluminum. Yep. And then on top of that, red text, duh. Yeah. Sword hands. It also has broad it's, arrow. It's, it's a brown dial. Yeah. It doesn't photograph it's, that yeah. way. It photographs it's like it's black. It's but brown, it's a brown sure. dial, yeah. brown bezel. Yeah. And there's no gloss. It's all matte. It's, it's all, all matte. Yep, it's all matte. Um strap or bracelet? NATO. That's what I'm saying. NATO. NATO. I think NATO, NATO is the NATO. way to go with I'm not this the piece. biggest fan of these like Milanese bracelets. I do like this one more than most, yeah. but not enough to to wear it on the bracelet. I'd go NATO all day. NATO for sure. So for me, the reason why I say it's it's the best Seamaster Diver 300, um, I love um, the shape of the the Seamaster 300 case. Mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's unique. 
Um, it separates itself from any other diver on the market um, aesthetically. But I, I don't like the wave dials. I'll agree to that. I, I do like, like that. wave dials. I do like how most of them are made, though, right? Yeah. Ceramic dials. Sure. They all have like very appealing aspects to it. Like to me, I think it's it's one of the better design cases in terms of dive watches it, it, because it is so so unique. It has almost like a, a hexagonal kind of thing going on with the bezel that I think is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always kind of been a fan, but yeah. the wave dial has always kind of been the thing that like you inhibits it. me from like popping off on one. This one I'm super into and I would love to buy it. Uh, but the price. I'm not too mad at the price. And I'm <laughs> going to tell you why. Okay. Because I think it's overpriced. It's, because it's an Omega <laughs> that's titanium. Sure. Right? With the co- It has coaxial movement and it's automatic on top of that, right? Manually wound movements are obviously a little less expensive to make. Even the coaxial Omegas, right? Like the Speedmaster has a manual coaxial movement, the new ones. Yeah. And the Hesalite's only, what, 6300 bucks. I mean, still this good. is this is what nineteen hundred dollars more on the bracelet, but I'm I can't be too mad at it. It's ten thousand dollar watch. They're like they're they're running up on yeah, but, yeah. But um, what if imagine Rolex made a titanium sub? Sure, yeah, that'd well, be you know, fifteen it's sixteen funny, grand. It's funny that we talk about price point too, because usually when I am like consulting with guys and and watches, um, you get you get two sides of the spectrum. Yeah, you have some people that are like listen. Don't show me a watch if it's not X amount of price point. Right. And then you have some people that are concerned about a price point. But when it comes to these brands, I think what they're trying to do is compete with the market because there's so many disparities in so many brands where it's like you have one price point, there's nothing in the middle. So you may have a watch that's 5,200 and then there's nothing in between and it's 52,000. Yeah. Um, So I think everybody now is just trying to raise their price point a little bit more just because of the watch craze and, you know, the heavy demand for watches. Um, You know, if you can squeeze the limit for a little bit more juice, I think most brands are. Here's, here's, so, so kind of tack on that. Hot and price point. It's a whole different watch. It's still Omega, but what about the three two one Speedmaster? Sure. Fourteen grand for a speedy. I mean That's I I think that's outrageous. Listen, I went vintage on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but look, I mean the three two one speedy is how sure. much vintage? It's yeah. Twenty yeah. plus? Yeah. Easy? Yeah. 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 <sighs> I don't know if a, a speedmaster that steel is fourteen K just because of the movement. I'm sorry. Uh, but you know, I mean, that's that's I, I hear what, you, what you're saying, but that's where like history and like nostalgia comes into play, mm-hmm. and yeah. mm-hmm. they know their market. Yeah, it's an iconic watch. Um, I don't know if there is another watch that's more iconic than a Omega Speedmaster. Yeah, I think as an object, it's iconic in itself. You know what I'm saying? It, it is. Watch. Yeah, yeah, but and it, it's it's it still is what it is. It's never lost it. It's super utility. Mm. Uh, it's a beautifully designed watch. Every time I look at mine, I smile. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it, it's 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 definitely a grail piece for me. I think I think this one, um, you know, design wise, like I I am in love with this watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's expensive. I feel like if, but I feel like if this is the direction that they're going with the the Diver three hundreds, I'm not mad. Like, yeah, um, I probably won't pop off on this one, but I'm interested to see 
how this influences their design language going forward. Yeah. Um, you know, even like some of the the faux like military insignia and stuff that's printed on the dial and on the back. Yeah. Um, right, so speaking of the back of the watch, my favorite detail about actually all the Speedmasters is that it says hand lock on the case back. It doesn't say that on mine. On your Seamaster? My seat, my Seamaster? Yeah. Oh, the I think you said Speedmaster. The Seamaster, they all say hand lock on yes. the back of them. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And you like that? Yeah, it's my favorite thing about them. Why? About the case back. Because it's a callback again to vintage. Sure, I get it. But that's that's what this whole piece is about. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it hits it hits all those it hits, it hits all those those marks. Yeah. I think in terms of like the vintage aesthetic, um, the C Master line is a line that I like, especially when we talk about vintage. Mm -hmm. uh, again, for the 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 contemporary models, I love the case. Not a fan of all the dials, yeah. though. That all black one, the all is black fire on rubber. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. ceramic. Yeah. Yeah, that black ceramic is dope. I definitely, uh, Perry, I definitely agree with you. It is, you know, the Bond watch I think is super cool. Not something that I would invest in. Um, at, at what price point would y'all jump in at this at? On this? Yeah. At seven? Six, seven? Yeah. Six, six, seven, six, seven would definitely make me, um, you know, consider. I just think it's too novelty for me. It's just it's too attached to the film for me. And then for me, it that's a. And then you know, I'm thinking like ninety two hundred bucks. Okay, what watches do I want in that price for ninety two hundred? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. like yeah, there's, sure. there's, you could do it. I mean, that's a couple grand. Set, that's though. what I'm, I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> so in terms yeah. of excitement and like what you can get and value for your money, and again, design wise, I think this is incredible. Um, super duper pleased with what they what they produced. Um, it's just like right there, but doesn't exactly cross yeah. it. And I think the biggest thing for me too is because, yeah, I think this obviously would look. It does look better on a on a NATO strap. Mm -hmm. um, I like mesh bracelets. Yeah, this one is kind of bad. Yeah, why do you say that? The clasp, the clasp was like I've tried this on. It's like yeah. super duper long. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It doesn't it fold, feel it folds like over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. it's just yeah. like, even though it's titanium, it almost feels more cumbersome than the steel yeah, one. Yeah, right? it's just it's so it's a little, there's, there's a it's a little weird. It. So then I'm thinking like, all right, you know, yeah, eight grand for the, a, yeah the fold over just wasn't. It, that's also another for thing this too. piece on the NATO. I'm like, eh, I'll wait for the next one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they'll 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 probably out. be a next one. Yeah, more titanium seamasters to come. I'm sure. But you guys love the film. Yes, the film was film's amazing. I will go see it the second time if you want to go. I mean, I, pick a day. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> pressure. Oh man. Um, so there was a there was an auction that happened. Yeah, there always is. Yeah, <laughs> which one? Um, the Loop This auction, uh, which I think raises money for is it breast cancer? I'm not sure. Um, I know they were doing something with charity surrounding a very controversial piece at the moment. The controversial piece you're talking about is the Protect yes. Green Dial 5711. 5711 Nautilus. Yeah. The last of its kind, so they say. The last of its kind. Let's pull that up. Boom, boom, boom. There so this is. piece just sold um, a couple of days ago. How long was it on auction for? Does it say? Uh, I think for the almost the entire month of October. Uh, we originally, time. I remember uh, somebody posted this to the, the group chat 
um hype beast actually posted yeah, this, I think, which yeah. is crazy in terms of like the luxury watch market right. like hype beast is being covered by hype beast now on the, the last year now. Yeah. Yeah. they've been doing a lot with watches now um but the auction ended for this piece on uh october 27th so just last week mm-hmm. um how much does this piece retail for 35 and change just and under 36k and it just sold for three hundred thousand dollars <laughs> I thought it was going to go higher. Yeah, me too. I thought it was going to break a half easy. I, I thought so. I, I'm kind of surprised. Especially with the charity aspect. I thought somebody was going to try to flex the, the tax write-off and go for it. And this one is <laughs> unworn with box, papers, the work. So it's a brand new yeah. watch. Yeah. Um, what do you think that's... Does that say anything about how people are feeling right now? I mean, A, there's not a lot of people that can pop off with that kind of money in a Correct. watch. Yeah. Yes. But... Uh, the one before that, that went for like what four and change? Yeah, almost almost a half million. Yeah, yeah. at uh, what Antiquorum, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you know this is this is pretty big because um, this is an, another way that we're seeing um, timepieces kind of be sold another way other yeah. than a direct point of sale. Mm-hmm. You know, so we know of the gray market, we know of point of sale. You know these respected uh, boutiques that do carry these lines, but um, to you know auction and like charity this timepiece, um, it speaks volumes. I don't know on what scheme as to good, bad, or you know anything other, but I think it's changing the culture. Um, the idea that you know people want to pick up timepieces and acquire them without um, a relationship. Or um, you know, going through a um, original jeweler. Yeah. Uh, this is this is interesting. This is interesting. Yeah, I I'm more interested on why this piece. Yeah. Like if you own this, you know, or even if you're interested in watches, you know how hard something like that is to get. Yeah. A, a Nautilus in general. Yeah. Right. Nonetheless, one that's only being made for one year, right? I was trying to tiptoe around that. The end of, the, well, <laughs> he definitely well, he the whole, pushed nah, the button. Yeah, well, he pushed the button. That's the whole thing because this watch is only being produced for the year of 2021. Yeah. So why as a collector, someone who is able to buy this at retail, why get rid of it? I don't. That's the part that I'm not really understanding because if I was able to get my hand on something like that at retail, that's, I'm getting buried with that. I think, if, I think someone's trying to flip the finger to the gray market. You think that's what it is? It might be. I mean, kind of I mean, that's the, though. That's the, that mean, I think that's the, the, that's the, that's the flex in his own to be like, if sure, you're gonna this flip is... the finger, you got to keep it. No, but I mean, but at the same time, you know, if you think about it like this, sure, you may be, you may, if you, if you keep it, I think you're flipping the finger to everybody that's aspiring to have it. I mean, I think there is something to be said for someone that that a has access to this watch yeah, exactly. at retail. Access is more yeah. important than the money. And then B is like, yeah, I don't want it. Give it to you. That's, <laughs> what, that's, <laughs> that's the that's flex. flex. That's what I'm saying. That's that the flex. The flex. <laughs> that's the flex. It's like, you know what? Yeah, yeah actually, it's not my color. You know, I actually yeah. don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to know what this person is wearing right now. That right? You, you gave this up. They probably got a G-Shock on. The, um, I'm saying. <laughs> they have to. Yeah. I would. Cassioke. Exactly. Um, I personally am a fan of the 5711. I, I think the green dial is awesome. I like the uh, green. I don't like the 5711 reference. 
I'd love it. I feel like there needs to be a complication. 57-12 to me, perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah. I'm 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 definitely gonna agree with you on that, Ben. I love complicated. But pieces. I love green though. Yeah. I'm saying though, this watch is like also this is the only fifty seven eleven to have a surround on the date. I don't know if you guys ever noticed that. I did, but I didn't realize it was the yeah, only one. Yeah, it's the only one. So it's the only one in steel, at least. They only do that for precious metal. Obviously, 5711 1R is rose gold. It has the rose gold surround on the date window. This is the only steel Nautilus that has a surround, which means it's white gold because the indices and hands are white gold. That's dope. It's fire. It's those small little Yeah, so that's a detail right there in the yeah. cell. All right, moving on. I thought this one was interesting just because, um, again, Pepsi GMTs are hot right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so another, there was a Pepsi GMT 1675 recently went on auction for Loop This as well. So the same auction. Uh, this one, I believe, I'm pulling it up, is late 70s. Let's see. Hold up. Where are we? There we go. Right. Boom. Uh, 1978. Yeah, that one looks pretty. Um, I mean, it's almost mint. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it. Uh, it went for 18. It's a competitive price point. Yeah, it's not bad. It's very competitive. I mean, that's that's good. It's really good, yeah. Yeah, for the condition of this piece. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say where, but... Case um, back sticker still on it? Yeah. Did it come with anything else? Oh, yeah, boxing papers. It came with boxing papers? Yeah, so full kit. Yeah. Um, I know someone who recently sold one of these. not mm-hmm. going to say who. Um, in, in far less good condition it was it was actually pretty bad about the same price for 20k (laughs) yeah um well here's what i have to say to that what the dial look like because the the dial dial was beat oh the dial was beat man (laughs) it was dial dial can be sometimes the all the reasons someone buys a vintage watch but this dial this this this, i don't know what it is like i like gmt's i think they're cool like the idea that um you have multiple time zones. Yeah, for, if you just on a watch, I think is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw the popularity with that at Jacob and his timepiece way back. Yeah, in the five day. time zone. The five yeah. time zone it came back. That's how good it was. Yeah, <laughs> so good, so yeah. good. It came back twice. Um, this piece is, you know, it is a grail piece for for most people. I, I am not. I am not that guy. Yeah, I don't think I am either. Um, not for a Pepsi, at least. 39 bids, 18K, wins it all. Um, I thought it would go a little higher myself, I got to admit, just because of all the excitement that I've seen around these watches, this particular model and year. Um, And it's rare, for me at least, I haven't seen one in this good of condition from this period. Yeah, those hands are like... I mean, the watch almost looks unworn. Yeah, that was sending the safe somewhere. for For, For a while. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The patina is perfect. Everything matches. I mean, up. even the bezel is like brand yeah, new. The bezel it doesn't yeah. fade at all. Mm-hmm. Like this thing hasn't seen a, seen daylight. Yeah, for in sure. some time. 
18K. That's how we're feeling. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's not so bad for that. I, I'm with you. I've seen a lot less sell for more. Mm. Yeah. Especially at auction, 39 bids. I would have thought 20 all day, at least. At least 20. I could agree with that. And it's a full kit. It is a I've full I've seen kit. some sell privately for more. I'm sure we all have. All right. There's one more. Here we go. Loop this again? It's a loop this. This was another one that I thought was really good. All these auctions are literally this week. Well, last week. I mean, you know, for some people, it's Q4. True. <laughs> Very true. Bonus season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for some people, it's Q4. So it's, it's and it's, you know, holidays are approaches, pop-off season. <laughs> um, the Rolex Cosmograph Daytona white gold ruby bezel yeah. rubelite dial crazy 52 bids crazy $132,000 crazy this is dials nuts i love those fire. dials yeah and this is all factory yep yeah right i think this is interesting just because um it's it's incredibly ornate for rolex it's it's more like an art piece. They don't do a lot of stuff like this. And the stuff that they do make like that, you'll never see, not in the catalog at least. Never. When you yeah. see it, it's on someone's wrist. Yeah. Um, you got to be a key player for this. For sure. But but it definitely, I think it checks those boxes for those those guys that aspire to have a Rolex in. The first thing they think about is like, let me bust this down. Yeah. <laughs> right? <Yep. laughs> so, they did it for you. They yeah. did it for you. Um, and they added color to it. They added color. You know, I think it's done in an incredibly tasteful yeah, it's, way. Yeah, it's very tasteful. For sure. For um, sure. You know, it's not me. I don't wear pink diamonds. I don't, really, I don't wear diamonds. Um, I do. Respect <laughs> to you, sir. Um, but what do you think this says about, about the brand and, and the state of the brand right now? This is what I expect from Rolex at auction, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially for a Daytona. You see a Daytona at auction, as long as it's not modern. You know, by modern, I mean steel ceramic bezel six figures all day yeah and this isn't a new piece either right yeah, like this a, is like this is i guess mid 2000s old, yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um it's interesting because it's like it seems like i mean rolex doesn't really take risk and i think even if they do um because it's them it's like it's not a risk yeah yeah um, because their brand is so strong, but they don't they don't do a lot of this. They they do, but like I said, you just never see it. Yeah, yeah. You never see it until it's on someone's wrist. They have like these crazy cheetah print and zebra print dials. Oh yeah, I've seen yeah. that. There's that famous yeah. picture with um, what's his name? The actor Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage with yeah. the leopard strap. Yeah, <laughs> Don C has which one is of those so too, too, which is crazy. Yeah, Don C has one of those. I think he has the same one with that leopard strap. Yeah, I think my my favorite circa for Rolex would definitely have to be um, 90s into 2000s. This was definitely the time period when they were exploring and and doing some crazy stuff. Um, always kept true to their tradition mm. of like watchmaking, mm -hmm. but like a crazy gem set, a, a rainbow, rainbow Daytona, you know, like, subs and um, you know, even, even seeing like, you know, a, um, a professional model on a leather strap is, 
something that you know we will probably not see for a long time from Rolex. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I thought it was time. interesting too that this one came on a strap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Before they, they, they all they all they, used to they all used the to. precious yeah. metal Daytona's used mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. You were either getting a bracelet or a leather strap. Yeah, but you couldn't interchange the two. So if you got a bracelet, you weren't fitting the strap on it. Yeah, there's a um there's a really cool yellow gold Daytona white dial, um that. I was fortunate enough to um to offer to a really good client of mine with a with a pink strap. Damn. Um Rolex it, pink strap? Rolex. What kind pink of pink strap? though? Like Pepto Bismol pink? <laughs> it it definitely like... it, it it definitely was Pepto pink. Damn. It was it was dope. It was dope. Um and you know, we were we were sitting on it and wasn't really expecting for it to move or at least not to be offered to the client that got it. Um we thought it was going to be for like a nice cool you know, young hipster chick, but like this dude popped off on it and was like, "All right, that's the move." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you got so, uh, it, yeah, if you got it, you got it. So if you got it, you got it. Shout out to my guy. And it was Rolex, so I mean, yeah, can't do much wrong, right? No, no, not at all. Rolex, Rolex definitely gets. I it like right. this piece though. Yeah, for sure. Rolex I like the gets ruby right. bezel. It's not bad. I like that they. It's like they almost like sectioned it off, right? It's like. Two rubies, then space. Two rubies, space. I like that they're not all touching. Yeah, this is a fire piece. Um, up next, um, what's on your radar this week uh, in terms of like, what are you guys looking at that you're actually considering? So uh, I attempted purchasing. to buy something this week. What Didn't was work that? Out. Baltic. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. The uh, MR01. Instantly sold The out. salmon dog. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah, so I'm, a um, I'm a little butthurt about it, but I'll get over it. That's I'm sure a, one will turn up. I, I am. We were talking about that piece the other yeah. night. I'm, I'm going crazy for this salmon dog. Super excited about what Baltic has been up to. I've been following them for a little over a year. Um. You know, I, 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 they're for me. They're definitely one of the more exciting micro brands uh, right now. Yeah, they have something that takes just about every box. Yeah, and sure. there's there's something about that 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 dial that is a little Patekish. Oh, I mean, it's a fifty one ninety six P, just in colors. Right. That's what mm -hmm. it is. Literally, that's what it is. Yeah. Let me pull they this just, up. The the biggest difference between at least the dial is the placement of the seconds. Subseconds is at six on the Patek. Yeah, and this here one it's right between, here. This is what's between what six and nine? Yeah, six and nine. I mean, it's a beautiful piece. Yeah, I'm a sucker for a piece with a with a cool subsecond. Yeah, subseconds are sub have a soft spot. Subsecond is definitely dope, and the fact that it is uh, between the six and nine is even crazier. Yeah, yep. <laughs> offset anything on a watch Off to me yeah. is like yeah, for it, sure. Offset anything is 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 crazy. The hour markers are are super exaggerated, yeah, but exactly. I don't hate it. I actually yeah. really really like it. I like the leaf hands. There's, yeah. It is yeah. it's like huge leaf hands, well, but it's like, super cool. Literally, if you pull up Patek fifty one ninety six P, almost a carbon copy. The difference is going to be seconds. Really, it's just the seconds are at six on that. And the Patek kind of has a sector dial, except there's no secondary color. Let's mm -hmm. pull that up. This yeah. is a lot more fun, though, obviously. For sure. Yeah, I see For what sure. you mean. And definitely, you know, respected amongst, you know. Yeah, Baltic's the, a well-respected brand. No yeah. one's looking at this. And this one, yeah, the, the, um, yeah. the 5196P has a, that sub dial. Yes. Yeah. 
It's like it's center. It's linear. Yeah, it's as, it's right above six. Mm-hmm. And it's also a lot smaller because if you see, it's What's on the, the case inside of that this? sector. Oh, it's a thirty-seven yeah. millimeter. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the Baltic is thirty-eight. Is it thirty-eight? I think so. Also, can we talk about the fact that this watch is under seven hundred bucks? Yeah, six hundred and thirty dollars. <laughs> that's a steal. Steel. That's crazy. Steal. For a watch with a micro rotor. Yeah. That's wild, dude. Um, did you have one, Rashawn? What are you yeah, looking at right now? I mean, now? I definitely have. Um, I know you got a couple. Yeah, yeah he always I've, has I've, a I got, I got a lot of watches on my radar. Um, I'm definitely going to go with the Omega Speedmaster, the Schumacher dial. Um, the yellow. We were talking about the yellow. Yellow is my favorite. Yellow, yellow's been yellow, yeah, yellow's Ben's favorite. favorite. I'm thinking the red. The red, okay. red's a close second. For red, me. red is really, really unique. Um, I don't think I have any timepieces right now with any kind of like red accents or some kind of like pop of red. Um, and of course, I have a yellow strap on my um, on my vintage Seiko, so. I may not do like a yellow dial. Mm. I'll leave that the bit. Or you could go yellow on yellow. Go full boat. Oh man! Give us some Iron Man action. You get the Rush Schumacher yellow strap anyway. That's actually pretty cool. And go uh, Iron Man. I like that. See, come on. I got you. Your best interest is at heart. Yes, I appreciate I kinda, it. I kind of like the. Um, I think in terms of Schumacher, that one you sent, the blue one, because it just reminds me of NASA. It's like this, the NASA, NASA blue. blue. It is that NASA blue. It's that NASA blue. It is blue. true like, like NASA blue, yeah. The um, Seiko Prospects? I was actually looking at a Seiko Prospect this weekend. <laughs> um, I don't know how this came into my feed, the SB, SPB121J1, which is apparently a repro of um, the first sports watch that they made. Um uh, green dial, no surprise. Yeah. Um, I would obviously put another strap on it. I think the strap is no bueno. What would you do if that's not brown? I mean, I would just put if if like I'm not mad at a leather strap. I'm not mad at a uh, an alligator or a crocodile strap. I would just make sure that it was real alligator. Or yeah, crocodile. true. That's like standard. <laughs> like a black. I like a black croc on that. Um, black croc. I think would, or, would, would what set about this like a up. Super dark green. That would be fire too. Something that like almost looks black in yeah. the right light. So what's cool about this watch? It also you, you so you got you got the crown right there yeah. with the crown guard, and at at uh, below four that, o'clock. yeah, at the four you got another crown that that uh, turns the compass inside. So mm-hmm. this is like a true field watch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I love that about it. Um, I don't know. This one, it just, it, 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 it just, it speaks to me. This watch is super cheap. Also, I think it's like under five, right? Uh, I think it's like seven and change. Um, I think it retails for like just over seven hundred. Yeah, it's extremely unique, though. Really and I'm really not. Unique. I don't. I don't. I don't really pop off on Seikos. Um, Do you own any? I don't. I don't. But I, I came across that one and. I almost I almost hit buy, like <laughs> immediately. No, as <laughs> almost, but then I re- I remembered I'm saving up for a uh, for a new tutor. Uh, Six sixty five. Okay, this thing is going for. Okay. 
Uh, but apparently they're also incredibly popular. So this is from the Alp the Alpinist, uh, the Prospect Alpinist line. Uh, Japan made. Yeah. I Join mean, as a heater. That compass is super legible too. It's dope. Yeah, I was gonna say like, yeah. Doesn't look like the dial is packed in all squares. Nah. Yeah, all those like kind of like unique kind of like additives to to a watch is super cool like the compass the ro the rotating rotating bezel is crazy um it's it's definitely a, a, a green light for me is that an open case back uh this one i think it does yeah, yeah it does exhibition case which is i'm not i don't I, really i don't, really care, about I don't really care about exhibition cases and i'm i'm kind of puzzled um by brands that do it when the the movement isn't really super attractive. I don't I'm, get it. I'm puzzled by brands that do it on sports watches. Yeah, it's a little weird. Um, but I, I also understand that like you've got, you know, more and more people kind of get into the market as enthusiasts. Yeah. And I get, you know, for someone who is just getting into it, or maybe even for someone who's like a diehard Seiko fan, that this is something that's kind of like exciting. Um me personally, it was, it's gonna sit on my wrist. I'm never gonna yeah, look at the, the exhibition. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing about watches with, I mean, open case backs too, especially for a brand like Seiko, where it's like, how much can we do at yeah. this price point? Yeah, yeah. Like, how much can we give to people at this price point? Yeah. Because I mean, especially when I was younger, a little less educated on watches, I always thought any watch that had an open case back was just super expensive. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. just super expensive. But as we see, that's not necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So we reviewed a lot of watches. Um, just going back, um, I know one of the things we talked about and what's always up for debate, I know like especially with us, we are, we're always like swapping out bands and, yep. and straps. Um, so I guess just going back through it, Maybe let's let's hit some votes up and see how we're feeling. So we talked about the big crown, pro pilot, big date. This piece comes on a a canvas strap. You keep it, you swap it. What are you putting on this thing? I'll keep it. You keep it? Yeah, I like Oris's straps. Yeah, I'll keep Especially it. Especially those fabric canvas straps. They yeah. feel super heavy duty. Yeah, they do well. And what's cool about this one is it, it it feels like a field watch. Yeah. So I'm not say, mad at that. I feel like yeah. it stays true to the spirit. I also feel of this like piece. if you're wearing that, you know, maybe six, nine months, a year, mm. the wear on that canvas, oh, those gonna edges nice. start to fray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the move. Get roughed up. And, and on the bronze watch. As I was just about to say that. With the patina. Right. And then you got the fraying on the strap. That's kind of fire. Getting it wet, get caught in the rain, letting it dry off, spots get lighter. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, the Grand Seiko Get the GMT strap. SBG M245 and 247. You putting that on NATO or? Strap. Leather, leather strap? Yeah. I would do NATO. I think that case might be too too tall for a NATO. Yeah? Like, yeah, proportion might feel a little weird. I'd go with the strap. I'd definitely go with the strap. Nice brown leather. So would you go green or blue though? Definitely I'm going green. green. We all going green. Yeah. We all going green. <laughs> We're all going green. Definitely can attest to green. We're not biased at all. No. Green. All right. Green is, green is the move. So then, what strap would you put on? Me? Yeah. I'm putting it on NATO. What color? Uh, I, I would probably do green on green. No um, orange. 
I would do orange. I would even do orange like just cool. Kind of like a khaki. Yeah, khaki would be cool. Gives it that real feel. Yeah, yeah. that would be like a feel. That, that's where it's like definitely like feel. Especially watch. with watches like this, because I feel like they have kind of like a when you put on a strap, it has like a jean and, and t-shirt kind of feeling to it. That's mm -hmm. kind of nice. Where it's like yeah. you're playing with like these high and low elements. Yeah, I feel it's like, like, it's like juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm with that. Yacht Master Chocolate Dial. What are we doing with that? You leaving on the, the two tone bracelet? I'm not yeah, a two tone Yeah, I think dude. I think I think for Rolex you can't even touch them. You just gotta yeah. wear them. How they I know come. that's a sin. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sinning. It, to be to be <laughs> honest, they just anything else just looks bad on them. Yeah. For whatever reason, I've never found a third party strap. What maker. about the Oyster Flex? Oh, the, the Oyster Flex. Oyster Flex is third party. Yeah, but you can't fit an Oyster Flex on that. You can't on this one. Nope. Damn. They all they all have individual lug patterns. Even if you bought the same watch, right? Let's say, all right, they make an Oyster Flex Daytona and a Steel Daytona, right? Yeah. You can't take your Steel Daytona and fit an Oyster Flex on it. I mean. Because end links are different. Come on, Rolex. Let's get it together. <laughs> Patek does the same we gotta thing. We got to have some fun. Um, I think we all stand on, on, on the, same, the same square with respect to the Diver 300, no time yeah. to die. That's going yeah. on NATO. NATO. That's going on NATO for sure. Yeah. NATO for sure. NATO. Definitely going on NATO. Um, I'm not even going to touch the the Rubalite. No, it has to stay how it is. <laughs> that strap is also fire. Ru Ru the strap, that strap is fire. It's actually That's on a, a really, good really good strap. It's fire. Yeah, that stays um, on strap. The Salmon Dial Baltic. Salmon Dial Baltic. I'd buy it on the green. I think all the other colors are boring and kind of expected for a Salmon Dial. You would put it on the green? I would buy it on the green. I ain't keeping it on green. What are you putting on there? I would find a Salmon Salmon skin strap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna full kill a I would go one. straight to Jean Rousseau and say, "Yo, what can you?" I kind of like the, uh, I kind of like the contrast between the like a leather blue strap. It look it looks really handsome on blue and the and the pink dial. Blue just personally does nothing for me. Uh, that does a little bit for me. I think and you know maybe not this one, but. Uh, we can figure something out. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I think the blue strap on that salmon ball tick is probably the best combination. It just goes against my morals. <laughs> it's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, I think that, that kind of takes care of it. Yeah. Today, guys. I mean, I think this you, is. I, what would you say for the salmon ball tick? Oh, no. I was, strap? No, nah, definitely on a strap. Yeah. Definitely on a strap. Definitely on a strap. Respect. Yeah. Um. Well, that just about does it for us. I think that's. That's episode one. Is that a wrap on episode one? I think that's, that's a wrap. We can that's call a it a wrap. We can yes. make it official. For sure. Um, so this was episode one. Um, Risk Check Podcast. Uh, tune in next week. Yes, yes. Peace. Respect. Deuces.